You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Second down and 12. Brady with pressure. Out comes the football. Recovered by Golden. And Marcus Golden is going to reach for the touchdown. No flag. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the football grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Grump, we may need to change our intro because I know we may be the best damn podcast, but this is not the best damn football team. And oh, come on. There's no other team we're rooting for. That's the only team I care about. That's, a, that, I'll, that's I'll a separate you. argument. No, no, no. They're the best team. I'm not rooting for anybody else ever. It's the, this is the best team in the world. Um, but I'll tell you one thing. I'm not ordering the soup uh, th- this, this Christmas. Yeah. Um, you know, this is uh, – we said we do this every once in a while when it's dictated. Usually we have, you know, our, we record our shows the next day after we've had a chance to breathe and think about things. But I think this requires kind of an instant reaction because uh, I'm pretty fucking pissed. <laughs> and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm sure Grump has also. And we have not spoken to each other, you know, since the game has ended. So I don't know what's going to come out of his mouth. He doesn't know what's going to come out of my mouth. And you guys get to experience raw and unfiltered. So yeah. let's get started. You might, you might get a little tempered down uh, tantrum from me only because I've had a headache for like seven hours and it's only intensified as the game went on. But Well, you're going to get a tempered up one for me. So <laughs> um, this, this is a brutal, brutal loss uh, when, you know, in so many ways the team is playing so well. And it, that sounds like such a fucking loser's mentality, but it's really true. Um the, the the Giants fell to Tampa Bay in the in the closing seconds of the game, twenty five twenty three. Um, just a, another second half. I don't want to say breakdown because it it didn't feel like much of the game changed much from opening kickoff till the end. It just felt like uh, a slow wearing down and an inability to capitalize on opportunities. Right? Yeah, I mean, I. It's becoming my my trademark statement, and Twitter told me, "Whoops, you've already tweeted that several times tonight." But losers lose, and it's when you're not a very good team, and you're playing a team that is a pretty good team, you have to capitalize. You have opportunities, and this team all year just can't make the big play at the right moment. Because if you look at the stats, I mean, they are very, very, very close. You know, mm-hmm. number of plays, well, total I mean, yards, close. It, everything. The story was close, right? But it wasn't one of those, well, they had no right to win this game or lose this game. This was a close game. But the difference is when you you have to make that extra play when you're not as good. And we just didn't do that. And uh, it's very frustrating. I think the last four games we've lost by a combined seven points. That's, that's very frustrating. And it's just, uh, you know, as a whole, this team is a lot better than it was in the start of the season. Uh, the problem is at one position it is, and it is dragging down the win-loss record of this team more than anything. I think everybody would feel a whole heck of a lot better about this team if they had won. They split those last two games, we know, with these close scores and stuff. Oh, my God. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, right. But, you know, it's just uh, – but, you know, it has to fall on Daniel Jones. And 
we have been really defending him all year about well, you know no, the no, offseason here, and all that. Here's, but here's where I'm no. going to disagree with you because it's t- tonight. It's going to fall on Daniel Jones. The problem for me is that it's been one thing or another all year. It hasn't been a consistent. This is the fucking problem, in my opinion. It's different things, you know. It's this team doesn't have a whole lot of skill position talent, and when you lose one of them, like Barkley, there isn't enough to make up. When Shepard is out, there's not enough to make up. Ingram needs to make a catch there. He hasn't. He hasn't been consistent in his whole career. He doesn't make the catch. You know, when 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 guys step up, somebody else steps the fuck down. When then next week that guy steps up, somebody fucking else steps down. It's a, it's a mess. Uh, you know, it's just. I'd like to, and I think Twitter would like to think that this is a one-move fix. This is a fix the GM, fix the quarterback, you know, fi- fix the corner, fix, you know, get a pass rusher, and, and sudden we'll be good. The problem is that it's just, overall, the talent level is just sub what you need. You know, it's, it's that's that's the fucking problem. And, and this week, tonight, it was Daniel Jones. It was not mostly Daniel Jones throughout... I mean, I'd have to go through each game, but I don't think Daniel Jones is the main culprit throughout the year. Tonight, he certainly was the culprit. Daniel Jones, throughout this year, has made that one or two bad plays that kind of happened at the wrong time, and they're highlighted, and you can talk about it, whether it's important to that game, you're here or, the, or you know, you can debate about. But tonight, for sure, you know, he was off. He was bad. He was Daniel, not a good quarterback tonight. Daniel Dimes was Daniel Pennies tonight for sure. Uh, I he mean, was terrible. Even even passes that were completed were not thrown well. Uh, you know, reading the field was not very good. Uh, you know, ESPN liked to show a couple. Of, I mean, they, they had every right to also. You know, a couple of times he had wide open guys running to the end zone, and Jones isn't even looking to that side. He's locked in on one side. Uh, he's locked in on a single read. You know, and. To a certain extent, I think that has to do with opening up the playbook slowly and you know getting your feet wet. But on another level, I don't really care. I mean, you are an NFL quarterback. You need to read the fucking field, especially when you go to the sideline and you say, hey, you had this. You got to keep your eyes open. You got to keep moving. And then you do it again. You miss again. Um, the picks, the, the interceptions. I mean, there are interceptions which are physical mistakes where you underthrow a guy or something or you get hit. His Too many of his are... So bad, mm-hmm. they're not just physical. Well, they're just okay. they're poor decision making, and that is not getting better yet. Well, he, here's here's what I will say: both interceptions were uh, throws that were affected by pressure, and I mean physically affected, like his jersey is being pulled when he's making the throw. The problem is the decision making there is a the internal clock needs to go off sooner, and b both times he was trying to force something that you know. If he isn't being physically affected by, you know, the pressure, if he's not being pushed or harassed or whatever, you know, maybe the throw is in a spot in a tight window where only the receiver gets it or it goes out of bounds. But fuck that, dude. If if the pressure's coming in around you, you don't have the pocket for a tight window throw. Throw it away. If it gets affected, then maybe it goes even further out of bounds. Yeah, take the sack. Um. They have yeah. been, and both of them were ill-timed. You know, I mean, there's never a good time for a turnover, but when you are, when you are trying to capitalize on another team's turnover, or you know, you get a if you any time that you get Tom Brady to punt is a time to score. You know, put the points up yeah. while you can. And I mean, 
I think today also, you know, I think the conditions, I mean, it was windy out there and Brady was not on either. Yeah, that's the other thing. It was early on, Brady was, you know, just a little bit off in all facets. His throws were just slightly off in a lot of ways, downfield and in front of him. Um, But at the same time, Brady's in his fucking 40s, you know. Yeah, well. Um, Yeah, and and the thing is, too, that's irritating is that Jones will do these stupid-ass things and then other times actually th- I mean his numbers tonight are not great they're okay you know 25 of 41 certainly isn't very good but 250 yards in the air is pretty good two this is not a game this is not a game about numbers though this, no, no, no. this, this is... isn't a game about numbers at all but some of the throws that he did make were pretty damn good I mean certainly the uh the touchdown at the end of the game was a brilliant throw uh, other times he navigated the pocket pretty well um, on a fourth down conversion on that final drive. It was fourth and super long. Um, you know, stepped in and out of the pocket and then made a nice throw there. And then the other ones, he the other fourth down one, you know, he's backpedaling and just threw a prayer to Darius Slayton that Slayton made. Yeah. Let's remember something also. I mean, this is a quarterback that, you know, a franchise and a general manager have staked the next mm-hmm. six to ten years on as this is our guy. So he... It should be a prerequisite and an assumption he can make those throws. So say, look at that ball. I expect those type of throws from a guy that was, you know, regarded as highly as he was by this organization to draft him that high. You know, but the problem, I mean, Trent Dilfer had beautiful throws and all these guys have beautiful throws. But we are not seeing any level of consistency mm-hmm. for those beautiful throws that's, and, and decision making. And that's the and that you should expect. I mean. We're not talking about this is third game starting now. We're we're getting over that twenty game number, and when you get it from twenty to forty, that's when it's really critical time to assess what this guy is. And you know, it, it still has not happened yet. And you can look a little bit of who he has around him, his supporting cast, which is subpar, you know, but through injury or through to whatever circumstance. But that only goes so far. A lot of it depends on, you know, what he has in his brain and in his, you know, that, that clock you talk about. And it, it, that learning curve still hasn't really kicked in yet. And it's starting to become an issue, <laughs> you know, it, and it's something where you can't sometimes escape your narrative. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I'm I'm not going to say that again. We are looking at an unprecedented year and, you know, thing we have. No off season, very minimal training camp. New coaching staff comes in. You know, I, I I'm not disagreeing in the fact that he can't be making these mistakes. Some of these are mental decision making. Sometimes it's internal clock. Sometimes it's navigating the pocket. Sometimes it's a little bit of accuracy. He missed a little bit tonight. You know, also. But do you think? But, but is Daniel Jones noticeably different and better in week eight than he was in week one. No, but... Right, that's a problem. No, I I disagree with that. And the reason why is I think if you look at the offense and the way it was constructed in week one and and in week eight, it's totally different. I I don't... What I'm saying is I don't know what to say to that because of the way things rolled out this year. You know, they can't help the COVID thing, whatever, but it's it's pretty clear to me that Jason Garrett's play calling and offensive scheme entirely is different from week one to week eight. I think he called a good game tonight. And I think it's hard to it's hard to say that definitively. And I you know, honestly, it's 
I'd like to say that if he has a clean pocket, he can have a good game. But he had a pretty clean pocket, and he had a bad game. And sometimes you just have bad games. This isn't a defense of him, but what I'm saying is if you have a normal offseason and a normal implementation of a new playbook with a new offensive coordinator, this would, in fact, be a problem. This lack of any progression whatsoever from week one to week eight. But we didn't have that, and now I can't say that. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm saying I don't have th- this. This sample size is tainted. Um, and I, but, um, to to to, to a degree, but it is not a write off of the lack of. It's not a write off. Improve it. Yeah, it's not a write off. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm saying I can't make that determination because of the way things rolled out. And I don't know that it was a smart decision for Garrett to slowly open a playbook. I don't know whose call that was. You know, maybe that was Joe Judge telling him to do that. I don't know. Um, I don't think it's the play calling. I, I don't think it was causing his problems. No, no I mean, no, no. unless I, unless saying, unless yeah. you're throwing too much at him now that he's thinking too much. No, 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 no. that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I just mean in general for my inability to see a a chain a, a to definitively say he's not progressing from week one to week eight is because of the way that was rolled out. I mean, there, there's no question. If you look at the way the pass routes were week one versus now, there it's a totally different game plan. It looks like a different coordinator, to be honest. And mm-hmm. that being said, I like a lot of what Jason Garrett threw this week. Um, I think he's been fantastic. I remember arguing with one of our good friends a couple of weeks ago that the play calling is awful. I'm like, what game are you watching? You know, I, I think they're trying to do as much as they can to create – Something out of nothing. I mean, I saw on Twitter tonight, people are skilled player. I mean, it's a really people think that, you know, thing. people are like, well, the running game is so much better. Eh, running game is at best NFL average maybe today, but everybody, it's been so bad before that people think it's great now. And it's like, it's, eh. I mean, we have, we have the, the corpse of Alfred um, yeah, Morris. Alfred Morris looks dreadful out there. I mean, and what are you going to do, right? You, you're going down and pulling guys off the street. Oh, it is what it is what it is, and that's what happens when you are in the middle of the season. You can't just, you know, make a trade for somebody. It's, it's just what it happens. They already did when they picked up Freeman, and now he's down. So, All right, it is what it is. You're right. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I, I think we're trying to make, uh, you know, chicken salad out of chicken shit with this offense. Really, I mean, you know, we said even before the season started, there's no number one receiver on this team, and you know. Uh, you know, Evan Ingram has had, you know, me, me, for every nice play he has, he has two bad plays on this team. Uh, and to his you know, credit, he stepped up tonight with a big 30-yard catch. Well, it was good to see Russell Shepard step up, you know. Man, that was important. I, I didn't want to go off in this, but, like, holy shit, how is it that this is the worst officiating, uh, announcing crew um, in all of football? You know, I thought Sunday Night Football was bad because Al Michaels refuses to give the last word or or just but that's just yeah that's style but these guys are just like ill-informed i mean you have three guys in the booth and they continue to make the wrong call the wrong name sterling shepherd is you know a fairly big market wide receiver he's not a fucking nobody he's not a practice squad guy who got elevated russell shepherd is the one who's a little russell shepherd's a nobody yeah he he, he is a nobody he was on this team last year i mean i don't even know where he is right now they, I, did they just re-sign him back onto the practice squad? Did, I don't know. Maybe they did. I, I think they did, but it was so insignificant. We didn't talk about it. But I mean, they t- they called him Russell Shepard. They went to a commercial, came and back, did and again. did a whole expose about it. it, it yeah, it's unreal. And, and again, Sterling Shepard is 
a big name wide receiver. He's on a decent sized contract. He was a second round draft pick. He's the best wide receiver we have. He's a solid number two in this league. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is. He is a guy whose name is known throughout the league by. I mean, I, I expect, NFL fans. I expected to see that Marsha Brady was throwing touchdowns for the Bucks. I mean, that's not bad if they really are. <laughs> yeah, and there was something else that was really. I mean, uh, there was something about. Uh, playing with fire when you're doing these long drives because eventually you'll make a mistake. I mean, A, what kind of... That's the only chance That's the only chance this team had to win tonight. What, what kind of competitive professional sports mindset is it that you will eventually make a mistake, first of all? And second of all, long, clock-eating NFL drives that end in seven points are the blueprint for winning games. They well, especially against a team with it. Uh, yeah. Espe- yeah, yeah, especially against a guy like Tom Brady. I mean, come on. They've been scoring a thousand points. They've been, ever they've been scoring a thousand points a game. We lost the game last week basically because our defense was on the field for so long and ran out of gas. And it was starting to even. I mean, the numbers that were pretty close. I think it was like thirty-two twenty-eight. It was pretty close, but. That's how you win a game. I mean, the Giants won fucking Super Bowl twenty-five that way against Buffalo. You know, uh, playing a high-powered offense, they, you know, they kept the ball for forty minutes. That's how they won that game. Mm-hmm. And you know, that that's a stupid. Well, also, you know, they went in with a narrative that we are going to praise everything that Tom Brady does. Holy shit, right? And Godzilla, they couldn't wait to do that with Gronk. And, and but. On the flip side, they were looking to find reasons to pick uh, Daniel Jones apart. Let's look at this play and see what he did wrong here. Where And Tom Brady, it's let's look at this play and see how great he is there. So they I mean, came in with that narrative. Yeah, and what's interesting... Which is, not, which, which, which is also not entirely unfair either. I mean, Daniel Jones, the story so about Daniel Jones... Are you game or are you doing headlines before the game? I mean, if you want to go into the game yeah. and you want to set it up with Daniel Jones has been turnover prone, he hasn't turned that corner, Tom Brady's been on fire. That, absolutely, it's all factual, it's all true. But, you know, if Tom Brady misses a wide open guy in the flat by three yards over his head, you got to tell him it's a bad pass. You don't just continue to... You don't just right. write him up just a bit outside, fucking Bob right, right. I mean, just Just call it like you see it and... You know, and one more, and one more thing too. You know, the ESPN pre-show, it's not like for an hour and a half, is god awful. I didn't. Watch I mean, it. they're they're terrible. It's just it's just them shucking and jiving and being silly and trying to be goofy. Maybe that's the time we talk about Antonio Brown and all of his problems. Oh my god, that was not the thing I wanted to say. There was not like a, a six-minute segment during the game where we're talking about a player who is not playing and has not played in over a year. And it will not be impacting this game one iota. And, you know, for a league that, you know, has had so many black eyes in it, whether it's Ray Rice or, you know, uh, any of these guys, especially dealing with, you know, sexual battery and mistreatment of women or something, to kind of bury the lead why he isn't in the league right now. Yeah. It's it's utterly ridiculous and hypocritical. Just as hypocritical as Bruce Arians is, who, you know— Oh, just got their VR team, and then just because they need a receiver, they're going to, you know. So, I mean, every time you hear with the NFL or ESPN, they always say, it's all just a load of horseshit. They're all in it for themselves, whether it's to win a game, to get an extra ratings point. So, fuck them. They get, they get a fart also. Yeah, I, 
I was gonna leave that out. I'm I'm gonna throw one more fart in there, and I I until the end of the game didn't want to throw it in there, but the officials had a uneven. Yeah, I mean it, there weren't a whole lot of calls, but every time it was, it, it. I mean we have a very ghostly holding call on Kevin Zeitler early in the game on a big run where I mean the even even blind ass dumbass announcers who don't know names on jerseys are like that's not holding you know then we there was got a, a pick play the, the pick, pick play, play on was, the tight end. was also a phantom pick play you know that's that's just not what that's not how the rules enforced it's strictly not enforced like that i mean even even the play on Isaac Yadam where he quote unquote lowers his head to initiate contact i mean he's standing in a squat position with his head lowered the runner lowers his head and initiates contact and Yadam is the one at fault there. And you know what? This this is universal across all officials. Until they start calling that on the ball carrier, offensive players are going to continue to do that. They're not going to stop doing it because it never gets called on them. I mean, the Trent Richardson play was like six fucking years ago. It's yeah. It hasn't really been called ever since. Um, and the last play of the game? And the I last mean... play of the game, I mean... If they don't throw the flag to begin with, maybe, maybe. But I mean, in, in slow motion, I mean, the rule is the rule. You have a guy there early creating contact with a receiver. It's not even f- like frame by frame early. It's early. It's strictly early. That's a penalty. It just is. And now, meanwhile, I'm going to I'm gonna preface this by saying if this game goes to overtime, I'm like 95% sure the Giants lose anyway. So well, that's I'm irrelevant. Not, I'm not, I'm, what I'm saying is I'm not complaining about this because it cost them the game. I'm just no. pointing out several things that were poorly called. And that yeah. one right there, I mean, it doesn't matter that Daniel Jones threw it behind him or that he threw it late. Or any, that's none irrelevant. None of that is, is relevant whatsoever. You should be punished by it by changing the call. Yeah, a flag was thrown and then picked up. Are you kidding? That if they don't call it because it's pretty bang bang, I can understand. But to be talked out of that is at least a little bit absurd. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. They always say, well, it shouldn't have came to that situation, you know, for our last play. But no, it did come to that situation. But yeah, this game. This game was lost. By our inability to, we had opportunities to Absolutely. jump out to a bigger lead, and we did not capitalize. Not and that's, capitalize, that's why we lost were, this game. Yeah, they, they were they were on turnovers. Both turnovers happened when we were moving the ball down the field. Plays that could, I mean, these weren't these weren't fourth down plays where you don't take a sack or or you know just mm-hmm. situations where you don't take. I mean, these were absolutely situations where just take the fucking sack, just throw it away. I don't care what you do, but you can't turn the ball over here. That's when they happened. And they were even a field goal in this game is is huge, you know. It, defensively, I mean, though, I mean, here's the problem with Daniel Jones right now, and I don't know how much of a a perceived problem or a real problem this is going to be. Is that you know the Giants, as bad as they are, have been on national TV now. I think this is the fourth time this year they're on national TV. Like, like you know, a, a primetime game. They were on the Pittsburgh game, mm-hmm. uh, this game, and Thursday night game. I don't and the think- Thursday night game. So massive audiences are watching these games and they're seeing all the faults of this team, but they are really seeing the, the struggle and the growing pains of Daniel Jones and, you know, his reputation, he's his reputation. He's becoming Jameis Winston 2.0, except he's not getting the 30 part of the 30, 30 that Jameis Winston had. You know, he's, he's, you know, 
As far as being a game manager, he's doing better. I was a little surprised that we went away from his design runs tonight. I don't think he had any. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know if they were... Some of them are, are read, right? I think maybe there there were a couple read plays where he just didn't take off, maybe. I, I, I ha- That's one I have to... I didn't even seem like we... It's, yeah, I mean, this is for our... There were about four or five we, of them, they all went to Gallman or, or Morris. Yes, yeah, this know, is for know. our next show. This is, this is our reaction show. We haven't watched anything yet, but... Uh, you know, that is, you know, even if it's not even an RPO, just a design bootleg or something, that's, you know, that's been the best part of this running game all year, and we didn't use it at all. And well, I mean, yeah, on a scramble drill, though, he uh, he did pick up a first down on a, I think it was like a f- second and 15 or something. Something like that. It was close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, this is something that uh, I think we're past the phase of Daniel Jones where it's just, you know, Oh, he's trying to learn how to play the game. I mean, I it, ha- yeah. it has to be corrected. I mean, because now I think when you go from, like I said, from game 20 to 45 in your career, that's when the real evaluation begins on, you know, you know are we going to stick with this guy for our next contract or something? Are we, is he really our franchise quarterback? My, my, my only defense of Jones is, and, and it's, it's a loose one, but so it's unfortunate that COVID is what it is uh, this year because normally I'm at these games, these home games, and I will tweet at the game, and it'll be live. It'll be before you guys even see it on TV. I will have already seen it. Now mm-hmm. I have to watch it through a myriad of other live services that are like 30 seconds behind, so I'm off yeah. Twitter because I don't want to see on Twitter what's happened before I get to see it. So I was – I'm mostly stuck to halftime – in between quarters to say anything. And even when I did, I left my notifications open and, and nothing else because I didn't want to know. That being said, if I were watching this live, I would have said early on in in the late first quarter that Daniel Jones looks off tonight. I mean, even the throws, the throws, they were just off for him. He's usually very accurate. You know, mm-hmm. he, he usually does not struggle with these things. Tonight, he didn't look right from the very beginning before the turnovers, you know, before, you know, boneheaded bullshit that he was doing. And before it got, before I think it got in his head a little too. I think, I think in that, er, I think in early to mid fourth quarter, you can see a guy that was swimming in it. A little bit. Yeah. I think, I think think once they got, you know, in that last drive, when he, he hit, he started to hit a stride right at the end of that drive. You could see it in a beat. Yeah. He got lucky. He got lucky. He got lucky on the fourth down throwing against his body. That's his plain luck. Mm. But it extended it. And I think once you get into those, you know, four minute offenses where you're not quite hurry up, but you're also not quite, you know, huddling, mm. it's more just reaction and play. And I think the the less he's thinking right now and he's just playing is probably better for him. And that might be because of, you know, again, more of the playbook being used, more of the you know, everything, but I mean, uh, I, yeah, you know. I, I don't know, but I will say, like, even right in the very beginning of the game, he just looked a little bit off. He was a little bit off his accuracy, off his timing. Something, he, you know, quarterbacks have bad nights. You know, that coupled with mm-hmm. him, you know, with a new offensive system, with maybe he's not very good, maybe he's not progressing. You know, it, it catapulted yeah. him into a bad game, and you know. When we've criticized Jones in the past, it's been the untimely fumble or or something like that. But otherwise, had played a fairly decent game. You know, this was an uncharacteristic game from him from the beginning. I would say yeah. the big mistakes, the highlights for him are the same they've always been. But the, it's the lowlights that we didn't 
that that won't make the uh, the game review mashup film that uh, mm-hmm. just didn't look like Jones. And then you know sprinkled in there were the good. Th- I mean, the great throw to Deion Lewis early on in the game to, for the first touchdown. Great throw. Even better throw to. Evan Ingram late in the game for a 30-yard pass downfield. Same pass he threw to him in the Eagles game the week before that he, Ingram decided he didn't want to play. Um, and then Yeah, I, I actually had a little bit of a, a back and forth on Twitter about that, that where they were saying on their broadcast it's the exact same play. I mean, it's the, and it's, it, it to me, the same route, to me, I think, for Ingram. To me, it was a better catch. I mean, I, I think the throw was better in the, in the Philly game. Yeah. That was a drop. This was a, this was a fingertip catch. This was a great catch. And this is, again... Evan Ingram is a little bit in that same boat as you know, Daniel Jones, where you know you see the physical traits, you see the great plays that happen, but the inconsistency and using the inconsistency at the wrong time, you know. And these are you know two guys that are pretty similar with that. Where you know again we said it last week how he's you know he's a combine hero and he's a guy with you know oh matchup problems, matchup problems, and you see. You know the great play, but then you just too many of these at the wrong time. So, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think the best throw of the night was the touchdown at the very end of the game to Golden Tate. It was beautiful. I agree. What, what a great throw! I mean, really, you know, off his off his fingers. I thought he was throwing it out of the back of the end zone at first. Like as soon as he released it, I thought it was just a. Well, I mean, okay, he's I'm, just, not, I'm not taking anything away from Tate either. A fantastic catch, but I mean, what a yes. bullet of a throw where it it either is out the back of the end zone or it's a touchdown. You know, I mean, that's right. That's exactly what you want to throw there, especially on the down and distance. And the fact that he, you know, he, in that last drive too, he did throw one out of bounds. I think even the uh, the announcers were kind of mocking him. It's like, oh, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Something. It's there. yeah, exactly. But like, it's not that he doesn't know how to do these things. It's just that the decision making is just not there yet, and that you know that inner clock is not there yet, and the clock is starting to tick on him. Starting to get that, we have to start seeing it now. Again, doesn't have to have it by week. This is not a playoff team, so it's not like the quarterback is preventing this team from being a playoff team or a threat to go to the Super Bowl. So he has much more of a leeway than the fans probably want at this point. But you know, the evaluations are starting on him on what they're going to do, and you know, I, I think everybody wants to see more consistency out of him because it's going to start getting early, uh, getting late pretty early soon. Yeah. It feels weird to uh, to talk about things that went right in this game, but you know I, I think certain things need to be covered. And you know, since we are on the topic of Tate, I, I want to give him an honorable mention tonight. I mean, he makes his plays when he needs to. I mean, you know, the first down catch that he needs to make uh, on first and ten, he'll drop something or not get open or what have you. But you know, man, when it's third and eight, he'll get you nine. Um, and uh, I believe he was only targeted twice, once on third down and once on that end zone shot, and caught them both. Um, and then he took a backwards pass and then threw across the field to Sterling Shepard, which uh, turned into a big play. It was a good throw, uh, crucial, you know, whatever. Uh, don't know that I love that play call, but it worked, so I guess I can't criticize too much. But I think Golden Tate gets an honorable mention. It we're not even discussing how close this game is if he doesn't make that that touchdown mm-hmm. catch. So um, I want to give I want to give a star to the uh, to the defensive line. I think, but but, but I'm going to temp, I'm going to kind of this might seem a little strange, but I'm going to give a fart to Patrick Graham because I think this team could not get a pass rush with a three you know three rushers, and we continuously 
you know, we went to the point where we actually had to call timeout. You know, I think it was into the first half to get out of that because it just was not working. Yeah. And, you know, but I, I think they did a really good job of, uh, of, of stopping the run, which oh, I think sure. is, yeah, they and yeah. And Leonard Williams again, had another, another solid game. Um, I just think, you know, schematically, I think we just tried to do something that wasn't working and, uh, well, again, you know, I, I keep saying this. Uh, this this defense called by Patrick Graham looks so much better if there's a legitimate corner two, and you have Xavier McKinney back there to also. I mean, it, it it's amazing what he's been able to do with these guys. He's trying to play coverage against Tom Brady, which you can't fault him for. It's not what I would do. I but that's what that's what I'm saying. How I, if he's trying to do if he's doing the three. You know, three linemen or the three-man rush just to because he's so concerned back there. Mm-hmm. That that's an acceptable reason why we're doing it, especially against Tom Brady and these receivers. But you know, it, it's like you know, pick your poison. Sure, you know, because yeah. and, and you got to mix I, it up a little bit. And to his credit, I think he did mix up a lot of. I'm surprised. You know, we we shit all over ESPN um, for this, but they did pick up a very good. You know, they they were initially fooled as well, where they're. Some play where they're like, "Oh, they got they got man coverage right here," and you have a blitzing linebacker bail out and run into coverage. That threw off Brady. It led to a sack, I think, maybe. Um, if not a sack, then you know Brady throwing it away and getting hit or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I think he disguised some good things in there, and you know he brought some pressure from different spots. I saw Holmes come in on a blitz, you know, and you know a lot of rotation in there too. You know, you uh, we had a Cam Brown who is, I think, a sixth-round pick, and Carter Coughlin combined sack on Tom Brady. Carter Coughlin's a seventh-round pick, if I'm remembering my shit right here. Um, mm-hmm. Those are two guys that anyone outside of it, avid Giants fans, don't know. And that's right. a testament to keeping fresh legs out there, which is something I said in the pregame. You've you got to do against Brady's. you got to keep that defensive line chugging, switch guys out, get different guys in there. Keep and, and that's why... And that's why the offense, it was encouraging that, you know, again, if you look at the time possession, it was like, I think, 32 to 28. Yeah. It was very close. It was and, close, and it's just those fucking turnovers. Wrong time. Yeah, and I, and I felt like, you know, the defense started to wear down early the, to mid-fourth yeah, quarter. I would say the time of possession was lopsided towards the Giants in the first half. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but then I think it evened out in the second half, which means the defense was getting gassed at the end of the game there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just not deep enough yet at this point to... No, you know, I mean, to handle that. Uh, I want to give a star specifically to Blake Martinez. I think he continues to play outside of his fucking mind, and I don't know what this team is going to do if, you know, knock on wood, he ever gets hurt. Because he, you know, everything, he's in on every fucking tackle. He had the, the turnover on Ronald Jones. He ripped the ball out. Um, well, it's the usual suspects. I mean, Brad Berry also had a really good game. Yeah, I mean, he'll he'll get shit for his penalty, but it's it's one of those net, you get caught cheating. You know, might as well take the penalty uh, instead of giving up the touchdown and uh, you know right. covering Evan uh, Mike Evans one on one. It's just a great catch and an even better throw, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he did overall. He did a pretty good job, though. Absolutely, I even think that Yadam, for the most part, he had he had a great play reading reading his receiver's eyes. I think it was Scotty Miller. He just threw his arm in there at the right time. Jabril Peppers had another one where he's got his back to the quarterback, threw his arm in there at the right time, deflecting balls away. In general, the secondary played really well. I mean, this didn't look like a Tom Brady offense out there. You know, if you were to just put everybody in gray, I wouldn't know that. I was throwing these balls. It, it's one of the three best 
offenses in the league right now, and it definitely did not. They were out of kilter for a while mm-hmm. in, in this game. And I do think that there's a certain element of looking ahead. You know, for some of the players, maybe some of the coaches are more worried about their game against the Saints coming up. Saints, I think, yeah. Um, and looking past a one-win Giants team that can't get out of their own way. Uh, I think there's some of that. Um, I don't think Tom think, Brady is that guy. I don't think. I was going to say. I think. Guy. I think last year when Jameis Winston is your your quarterback, I think that might be the case. But I think when you have, you know, not only Tom Brady coming in, guys like Gronkowski coming in, these guys know what it takes, and they're instant leaders in that locker room. I don't think you see that as nearly as much as you would have in, in previous years and on different teams. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about the other guys. You don't, you know, Scotty Miller and you know, dudes like that who, you know. Yeah, but then there's Levante Davids who's been there for a thousand years also, and, you know, he's a leader too, so. Um, I I have to say, you know, honorable mention to, and and again, I have not watched film yet, so this is my instant reaction, what it felt like watching the game. You know, so much was spent talking about Shaq Barrett and how JPP is going to come here and have six sacks and go full OC against the Eagles on us. And, you know, these great linebackers, offensive line played pretty well, especially considering they're they're without a starting uh, left guard. You know, they played... Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. really looked like they played... JPP, well. in the fourth quarter, he started to take control of the game, but it wasn't because he was dominating the offensive line. It was like, he's actually running in the coverage and running somebody down. Mm-hmm. You know, it's things like that. And... Who was it that he ran down? What receiver? Was that Sterling Shepard? Yeah, it was Shepard. How does he get run down by a uh, alignment who's running across the field? Well, I mean, I, I think Shepard was kind of slowing down to set up the block in front of him. You know, it, it's just one of those <clears> things. And, and JP's yeah. always been a motor guy. I mean, he's always yeah. that guy. That's that's who he is. He's but, but he's the but his damage his do, his damage wasn't done by by dominating the offensive line. It was it stuff in space with him. That way. I mean, again, yeah. I didn't yeah. watch anything, but. While watching the game, I mean, first of all, if JPP were having this monster game, ESPN would have let us know. Immediately. Oh, God. No kidding. Um, and Twitter would have let us know as well. Yeah. Uh, even Shaq Barrett didn't have a great – I mean, he had – the only thing that's rattling around in my head is he deflected a pass. Right, which was a terrible throw. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just it's just one of those things where he didn't really rush yeah. or step back into coverage and was not expected. Right. He's got – I mean, just – he had three tackles, three total tackles, Shaq Barrett. Wow. But let's, let's also not overreact now. And I've seen already some people like, well, I never want to see Will Hernandez ever again. I that, mean, that is, that is absurdity. I mean, if you want to make the argument that maybe Kevin Zeitler becomes slightly more tradable now that Lemieux has shown that he can play mm-hmm. pretty well, I mean, slightly. I'll say slightly more tradable. And, you know, I, and I, when I was, when I was talking before, you know, when when you're a bad team, you listen to whatever offer. You know what I mean? If someone's going right. to get crazy and be like, we need Zeitler, we'll give you a one, get him out of here for one. But be prepared. Yeah. But be prepared. You're going to have, you know, three rookies in your offensive line, a first-year mm-hmm. starter at center, and, you know, uh, you know, a world of, of – you're going to have good days and bad days. And, and the, when they start getting film on these guys, they're probably not going to be as, you know – Absolutely. But be as happy. surprising as now. Yeah. Be happy with what you got because at worst – you have a great backup left guard. That's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, by backup standards, if he's great and he can come in and play for three games because Hernandez, you know, has a groin injury or, or something, 
that's good news. Or if, yeah. God forbid, a lineman is out for the year, you don't have to dumpster dive. You know, you've got depth back there. That's a good thing. That's not something. That's, even yeah. if he doesn't, play, and you know what? Even if he does outperform Hernandez, then you got a second round pick coming right off the bench, which is awesome. And also, and another thing we didn't hear any, a word today about was we hear the name Andrew Thomas once. No, I mean I don't think so. I mean he did get beat a couple times, but again, we expected when we were told that it was going to be, you know, the JPP and Shaq Barrett show, and it certainly yeah. was not. Um, yeah, I mean, and we were also told that. JPP and Shaq Barrett going up against Eric Flowers 2.0. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that certainly was not the case. I mean, you know, he's not all of a sudden going to go to become Joe Thomas, you know, overnight from a struggling rookie, but you know, we are seeing slowly but steady some improvement out of the guy. And again, I don't think he had a penalty again tonight. So, you know, it's not, he's, he's slowly growing into it. And, you know, again, we don't have to have him be, you know, Orlando pace right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has, he has time to develop as with Daniel Jones. Uh, but the key is we need to see these guys getting better. Yeah. I'm, I'm borderline furious. I was feeling pretty good. I wanted to temper my own enthusiasm and, and this sucks. This is, this, I'm, I, this is furious. I mean, there's two levels of being a giant fan right now. It's in the heat of the battle for each night. You want to win a game or lose a game and you're pissed we're pissed at how we're losing because we're losers lose right now. We are finding ways to lose. There are, you know, it's, we're beating ourselves when we lose. Uh, but then there is the big picture thing where, you know, this team do, isn't uh, that bad. <laughs> well, not that it's not that bad, but is, does it seem like it's continually going in the right direction? That might be, you know, one step up, half a step back, two steps up, one step back. But I What's think the, the overall trajectory, this, I, this team, I think is, a heck of a lot better than it was in week one. Well, oh, now absolutely. we can, and is this, we can, how good is this team if Barkley's in the backfield? You know what I mean? That's, that's another thing to consider. I mean, you, your best player probably on definitely on offense, maybe the whole team isn't playing. Well, I would right say, now. yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I, mean I, I think, I think this coaching staff is doing, you know, an above average of what my expectation was. Cause again, we had no expectation. We kind of knew what Patrick Graham was on defense. We had no idea what kind of head coach Joe Judge would be. We had no idea, you know, what Jason Garrett was going to do, you know, immediately. And I think this this team is – there were seven penalties tonight, but a, a few of them were questionable ones. But it, this does not seem like a – no no, 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 no. No, but this team does not seem like it's a poorly coached, ragged team. I think this team is playing about what the ability of the guys that are on the field right now are. Now, if you want to get into the whole argument about should we still be at this level of talent this far into the Gettleman thing, that's another discussion for another day. But this team, yeah, but but this team, though, for what's on the field right now, it's a victim of the talent level more than the coaches not putting them in the right position to win. And you're getting below average play from the most important position on the field. I mean, those couple things are going to make you, and, you know, there's bad breaks, there's bad, you know, tough official call at wrong times and the bad turnovers here and there, and that's how you become one and seven, unfortunately. Yeah, Sucks. Yeah, no, it's it, this is the worst. I mean, th- it's so frustrating to overall play a great game against a red-hot team and... I mean, 
those two plays from Daniel Jones, you take them back. How, I, what's our win probability going up to? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say they played a great game. I'd say they against this team. I'd say that's a great game. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, a great game is minimizing the mistakes at the at the worst time. I, I can't give a great. I'd say they played. I, I'm saying admirably yeah. and played well, but not great. That was you know my my biggest pet peeves are when announcers use the word unbelievable and they use the word great. No, you know, I can I can you take those two interceptions out of it, and I think that this is a win. Um, you know, obviously you can't, but if you if if you are yeah. talking about playing a red hot team and you're talking about mm-hmm. two plays that cost you the game, then I think you overall played a very good game. Um, yeah, you over yeah, you played a very good game. I that's not a great game. I mean <laughs> Whatever. No, 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 I mean no, no, I mean I think I just think we should use proper use of our superlatives. I mean, great is like that team could be anybody in any day right now and we're not. That was not that good of a game. We played well. I think we've overachieved today. I think, uh, but too many mistakes at wrong times prevent me from saying that was a great game. I just want to pick your brain on one thing. It looked like Tom Brady was yes, to stay on the field on his on Tampa Bay's last drive of the game, uh, fourth and one from in the red zone, and was pulled off by Arians to kick the field goal. Um, at first, it looked like they were staying on the field, and me in my head go, I mean, you're placing a lot on, you know, we the Giants couldn't stop Brady in that final drive whatsoever. I mean, they really were struggling. It's fourth and one. Um, but now, if you kick that field goal and you presumably make it because you pay kickers to make that. I mean, the, because everybody hits kickers except us, except for Gay last year for yeah. Tampa Bay, but everybody always hits field goals against us. I mean, but that that's a short one. It was a chip shot. That was, I think, mm-hmm. 30 yards or less. Um, you you are now expecting, at worst case scenario, is the Giants march down the field, score a touchdown, and get a two-point conversion, and all they do is tie it. You still have that. With know, no timeouts left. Yeah, with no, yeah. To me, kicking that field goal is 100% the call. I was just curious. What oh, no-brainer. Okay. No-brainer. I mean, I had people texting me and on Twitter saying, you know, Go for it. End the game right now. I'm like, no, ending the game right now is being up by eight because, you know, I don't trust Daniel Jones, you know, as far as I can throw him to, A, go down the field with no timeouts, make continuously right decisions. You know, to your point, he wasn't accurate today. Do all those things. And then the worst worst team in the NFL in the red zone this year, I am going to say, you know, go ahead and make the two-point conversion. And after all of that happens, the game is still tied. So to me, you know, I know everybody has beer muscles and has to be macho and everything and say, oh, go for it, man up, get the one yard, blah, blah, blah. Tom Brady's history of this. I think that's not the way you – coaches do not think that way. Coaches think, what do I minimize my chance to lose? They don't think, how do I ISIS? It's – minimizing my chance to lose and that's exactly what they did that was a smart decision and i bet you i mean if, yeah it's, it's a different decision i think if it's a further field goal right you know what i mean if, if we're talking about a 45 yard field goal i i don't know i mean and i don't No, i, don't I think really I, I think it, i think it, i think it cements it even more i think you know then you're giving then you Daniel Jones a shorter field. Short, but I mean, if you have such a higher chance of missing, you're still giving that shorter field, and now they win if they score a touchdown. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, 
with the way that they were moving down the field, that drive, you know, fourth and one, you know, you, you use your best play. Uh, but but the thing is, with where they were on the field so close, I, th- I believe they were in the red zone, so many things can go wrong when you run a play. I mean, a bad snap. Uh, you know, any it, you you run an inside handoff, fumble. You know what I mean? Just they were they didn't run the ball that great. You know, today either to say like, oh, they're going to move the pile and yeah, that's the other yeah. thing too. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Brady is good at picking up one yard by himself. To, to be fair. was it was it one or was it a little more than one? I I I, I don't recall, but I know it was fourth and one on the screen. I don't know. I don't know if it was like fourth and, you know, what like five and a half feet. Right. Um, no, I mean that's. I mean again, until Daniel Jones can prove to me that he can consistently, not consistently, you know, tie it every time, but you know, march down the field. That he can do that more often than not. That, that's a that's a better way to say it than consistently. And you know, a guy that's prone to. Making mistakes at the worst time. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll take my chances that they did that. And you know, again, the red zone that play didn't work. And, and the, you know, we can argue all we want about was it pass interference, but the bottom line is it was unsuccessful. Yeah. And they are very, they are not a good team in the red zone. So I, I, that's I, they did the right thing for that for sure. Yeah, I agree. The Giants will host Washington Football Team. Next Sunday, so that means that we will have a traditional pregame episode uh, for you Friday morning um, on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and of course promoted on Twitter through the podcast Twitter account at Just Giants Pod. In the meantime, I will rewatch this game after my headache subsides, so that I can give myself a second one, and um, I will break down mm-hmm. some things that I was not able to on this podcast. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter for that stuff at football underscore grump. We doing another one this week before uh, before we do our preview, or before we do the do we well, I mean, the preview will be this week. Um, I don't know if we'll be able to squeeze in another one, you know, that's a little bit more analytical or not. But uh, again, uh, right, if, if, well, you, if you sub to the to the podcasts on any one of those yeah. websites, you, you'll know, you know, that way. Maybe you'll see one, maybe you won't. Who knows? But yeah. uh, but we'll see. We, we'll see how annoyed we are, and we'll see. You know, what's going on but maybe we'll we'll talk about this a little more but uh i'm pretty pissed <laughs> i'm just i'm just pissed that we just find new ways to lose and you know very aggravating this is the third out of fourth year we've been one and seven and the year we weren't we were two and six <laughs> it's fucking groundhog day every year yeah and um you know when cranky finn is pissed his twitter account is a great place to uh <laughs> to watch a, a person slowly lose their mind and he is at the cranky fan on there yeah i mean this is a big week we have uh florida georgia coming up giants washington east lake tarpon it's it's all out there this weekend so uh yeah i think i need to get a lot of sleep this week and prepare for the mental anguish i'm gonna have and that was you know whatever it is 72 hours so it's at the cranky fan yeah, I know you guys Go find are me. really, really interested in that that high school matchup. Um, but- Bonage, man, my boy, uh, my boy Jake Bechtel is starting quarterback now. So when you're starting to see the guy, when you start to see guys that you played high school with, high school ball, and their sons are now starting quarterbacks for high school, and uh, makes you feel old, but you get you get more invested. So go East Lake. 
and more importantly, go Giants. Go Giants.